0: This is Positive Parenting, parenting expertise and advice from best-selling parenting author and national newspaper columnist, Mr. Dad, Armin Brat. Hello, welcome to Positive Parenting. I'm Armin Brat, the founder of MrDad.com. More than 100 million American adults suffer from acid reflux, which drives a $15 billion annual industry, and anti-reflux drugs. But can children get acid reflux too? Surprisingly, the answer is yes. Symptoms in children can include poor sleeping, noisy breathing, allergies, ear infections, asthma, croup, throat infections, and a chronic cold. Often presenting as silent respiratory reflux, which is not easily detected by pediatricians, the disease can go untreated for an entire childhood, which can lead to rounds of ineffective medications, emergency room visits, and even unnecessary surgeries. In this part of today's show, we're going to be talking with an expert in childhood acid reflux who calls the condition the great masquerader of our time. She's going to tell us about what acid reflux is, what the symptoms are, what the cure is, as well as dietary recommendations that even the pickiest of eaters will be able to make it through. And that's important because healthy eating can beat reflux and cure children's ear, nose, throat, and respiratory afflictions at various stages of development. We'll start talking about acid reflux and everything associated with it when Positive Parenting continues right after this. More with Mr. Dad, Armin Brott, after this, from the MrDad.com radio network. As an 18 year old, I let my mistakes kind of take over my life. I was 0.5 credits away from completing high school, and I didn't do it. Ten years later, at age 28, Jackie finished her high school diploma. When I found out that I was pregnant, I know that I had to do something for myself if I wanted to make her a better person and provide a better life for her. My family never stopped pushing for me to be better because they knew what I could become and who I could become as a person. My support team is amazing. The educational director, my sister, and even my seven-year-old daughter, has just been more than the support that I could ask for. I've been given an opportunity,
1: and I'm just thankful for it.
2: No one gets a diploma alone.
0: If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org.
1: Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council.
0: Welcome back to Positive Parenting. I'm Armin Brott, and my guest for this part of today's show is Jamie Kaufman, who's one of three authors of the book, called Acid Reflux in Children, How Healthy Eating Can Fix Your Child's Asthma, Allergies, Obesity, Nasal Congestion, Cough, and Croup. That's a lot of stuff. Jamie, welcome. Thanks for being on thank the show. Thank you.
2: Thank you, thank you.
0: Uh, tell us a little bit about, I think in, in more detail, what acid reflux is. Because I think think that I knew what it is, I, or I thought I knew what it was until I started reading the book and then I realized I didn't.
2: Well, I think that's, that's a national problem. Um, Not only do people not know, uh, physicians don't know, Um, and you may not be aware of it, but the specialties are only about two generations old. So in 1970, there were surgeons and internists and maybe a few specialists, but these specialties have evolved. And so the gastroenterologists discovered these instruments looking inside of people doing endoscopy in 1975, and then what I call the heartburn model um, became uh, the way, the law of the land, if you will. So acid reflux means the backflow. Reflux means backflow of acid uh, and other enzymes and other stuff, the digested food, into the esophagus. That was called GERD. And the gastroenterologist took possession of reflux. Reflux is heartburn. Uh, heartburn is reflux. It's esophageal, and we own it. And they'd thump on their chest and declare (laughs) that it was there. The problem is it turned out not to be the case. I started out doing laryngology. I was trained in ENT, but I very quickly decided to specialize in problems of the voice. And I kept seeing a pattern of inflammation and of complications that weren't being recognized. So we began looking for acid reflux in the throat. So, the punchline is that everybody knows about heartburn and indigestion, but that represents half of people, maybe less than half of people who have reflux, meaning most people have silent reflux. They don't know it's reflux because they don't have heartburn and indigestion. And this is true both of, of adults and children. For adults, half have a silent reflux, but for kids, They all have silent reflux. You'll never hear a kid complain of heartburn or indigestion. Hmm.
0: So the symptoms, though, are caused by this backup or backflow of stuff from the
2: stomach? Well, what happens when you have a reflux or backflow is the tissues become sick, inflamed. Um, The acid and the enzymes that are in the stomach are very aggressive ones. And so we figured out quickly that uh, hoarseness, it was the most common cause of hoarseness. It was the most common cause of sinus uh, symptoms, uh, allergy-like symptoms, that more uh, people with asthma have reflux than actually have asthma. Hmm. And for kids, the cold that never goes away, recurrent croup, chronic throat clearing, raspy voice, um, poor sleep, um, intermittently chronic sore throat, and then medications and surgeries for those things that don't seem to help
0: you know you talk about in the book something that i that I think I'm curious about whether you get a lot of pushback from it because it's it's uh, it's rather blunt. I'm just going to read it that the contemporary American diet is responsible for the obesity, diabetes, allergy, asthma, and reflux epidemics. They are all one and the same epidemic. That's really, I mean, it's a fascinating idea. It, it, do you have...
2: It, it's not an idea. It's the truth. When I grow okay. up, I'm old. Um, nobody, <laughs> there, there were no fat people. We had one, one guy that was obese. Um, nobody had asthma. Uh, we didn't have uh, 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 diabetes. Um, we didn't have sleep apnea. We didn't have reflux. Um, mother put dinner on the table at 6 o'clock. Everything came locally. Um, When I was in high school, I went to my first fast food place. Um, In 1965, soda machines started to be installed in school dormitories and everywhere else. So in reality, um, and this is going to sound like a conspiracy theory, but the the government, uh, the food industry, and big pharma have all basically allowed us to develop a diet which is intrinsically unhealthy and causes all of these diseases, by the way, all of which are reversible. Well, But everybody wants to eat that delicious-looking, you know, uh, uh, the double cheeseburger with all the bacon on it with fries and a Coke.
0: So how do you tell, just to go to something that's a little bit more innocuous, like asthma, how can you tell if you're a parent – and your child is having breathing issues, particularly after they run or they do some sort of athletic thing. How can you tell if it's reflux or actual asthma, especially if when you've gone to the doctor, you come back with a prescription for albuterol?
2: Well, first of all, albuterol will help both real asthma and reflux-caused asthma and reflux itself. Uh, Some. But I must tell you, there is one... Um, iron-clad piece of information that listeners should know. Um, asthma occurs when there is constriction of the bronchial tubes inside the lung. And so with true asthma, there's trouble getting the air out of the lung during the expiratory phase and not during inhalation. If your child has noisy breathing on inhalation, it's reflux. There are a set Mm. of switches or receptors to close the vocal cords. And so uh, this is indeed a response to acid. And so if your child has trouble breathing in instead of out, it's reflux, not asthma.
0: Wow, that's fascinating. Okay.
2: By the way, just to tell you, I I, I fixed the patient, uh, two patients. I had a woman who worked for me. It's very important. Uh, who was a new woman who worked for me, and her child she she was coming in late a couple of times during the first couple of months because her child had an asthma attack and she was in the uh emergency room and coming in the morning late and i and I asked her and her child had more trouble breathing in or out and um I asked her about her habits, and this child had ice cream and chocolate milk before bed every night and i said just stop the bedtime snacks give this child dinner and then um uh, the, whatever dessert there is and then do whatever uh, uh, homework uh, bath television and have your child go to bed with no bedtime snack and by the way the asthma went away with no additional treatment wow the, the quote asthma end quote
0: so are there other interesting pieces of of Information that we need to know uh, about how to recognize the difference between reflux and other symptoms or other other conditions that, that it might share symptoms
2: well uh, the three in my opinion in my experience, the three biggest misdiagnoses in America for both adults and children are allergies uh, sinus disease and and asthma so we've we've just talked about asthma right um I estimate we spend two hundred billion dollars a year to get reflux wrong a year. That's pretty amazing. Well, let's talk about allergies for a minute. Most people who have true allergies will come in contact with something. For example, I have ragweed. And so uh, when I go walking in the fall, once I get down by the river, um, my my nose runs like crazy. I sneeze 30 times. My eyes start to itch. And I go through an entire thing of uh, handheld Kleenex before I, I get back to the house. So that typically having a copious, watery, runny nose is typical. Um, uh, But if a child is always congested, always seems to have a cold, always has mucus, particularly if it's thick mucus, and uh, and it's associated with other symptoms. By the way, reflux is usually many symptoms, chronic throat clearing, chronic cough, uh, 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 any 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 symptoms that that are associated with reflux, which are a whole host, and um, is not getting better, uh, then uh, then allergy may not be the diagnosis. Uh, one other thing to say about that is, you know, reflux is common and allergies are common, so some people have both, and yeah. fixing the reflux seems to make a big difference.
0: Talking with Jamie Kaufman, who's one of the co-authors with Julie Wei and Karen Zuer of Acid Reflux in Children, How Healthy Eating Can Fix Your Child's Asthma, Allergies, Obesity, Nasal Congestion, Cough, and Croup. And we are going to be taking a short break here. When we come back, I'm going to keep talking to Jamie about some more of the differences between acid reflux and other conditions and want to get into some of the diet part, which is a, one of the important components of this particular book. I'm Armin Brott, and you are listening to Positive Parenting.
1: When I was little, I didn't talk for a long time. I liked things to always be the same. Anything new or different would scare and upset me. I was very sensitive to lights and sounds. It was almost like I had bigger eyes and ears than everyone else. So I built secret hiding places where nothing could get in. I didn't like looking people in the eye. It made me feel uncomfortable. I'd throw big tantrums over little things like when my socks didn't match. Sometimes, I'd do the same things over and over. Until one day, I found out I had autism. My family got me help. Slowly, I learned how to live with it better. You can see signs of autism in children as young as 18 months. Early intervention can make a
0: lifetime of difference. Learn the signs at AutismSpeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Okay, forest animals, today is a new day. Kids are coming to the forest, and it's up to us to make their visit a good one. Sparrow. Yes? Have you practiced the most popular bird songs for the year? Of course.
1: Catchy. I like it. Okay, river. Dude. Dude. How's the temperature? It's a refreshing 52 degrees, man. Perfect for a little riverside shoeless relaxation. Ah, good. Owl, you here? Of course. Who's asking? I am.
0: Look, you know the drill. Sleep during the day, scare the kids at night. Perfect.
2: I love my job.
0: Uh, oak tree? Sup? Still in the same place I left you last year. That's what I like. Consistency. Well, it's not like I'm going anywhere for the next couple hundred years. I know. I love it. Uh, Turtle. Turtle. He's not here yet, man. Uh, He's late every morning. You'd think you would have learned by now to leave the night before our meetings. Okay. Squirrel. Has anybody seen Mr. Squirrel? The forest has been preparing just for you. Visit a forest near you today. To learn more about cool things to do in the forest, visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Positive Parenting. I'm Armin Broad. If you're just joining us, talking with Jamie Kaufman, who's one of the co-authors of Acid Reflux in Children... And you mentioned that there were three things. So there was allergies, there was asthma, and then you said sinus issues. And, and I'm, I'm thinking, you know, these are all three things that I have, and wondering what of what you know, of course, whether you can diagnose me over the phone. But uh, I can. No, I. Can't. <laughs> you sound
2: your vocal cords sound swollen. You, you sound really? like you have reflux. Yeah. Oh. Um, they, they're supposed
0: to be to sounding me. sexy. Well, they do sound
2: sexy, but they sound like swollen <laughs> vocal cords. Okay. <laughs> That's possible. I will say this. Um, I have a paralyzed vocal cord so that my voice doesn't sound great either as <laughs> well. So, I mean, your voice is perfectly normal as far as the public is concerned, but I think that I hear swollen vocal cords.
0: It's possible, yeah. I mean, I, I always seem to be sniffling and, and have uh, some kind of sinus thing going on. I don't know. A doctor friend of mine put told me I should get off of gluten, dairy, and sugar. And I got to say, when I when I am on that diet, I feel so much better.
2: Well, uh, that's interesting. Like,
0: yeah, so I I don't uh, I I don't know if that necessarily affects my voice that much. Nobody said anything about it,
2: but well, uh, but the biggest question is, what time do you eat dinner at night? A lot of Americans they they have almost nothing for breakfast, a sandwich for lunch, and then their big refueling meal is at night. And then, you know, it's not that early. They get home at 6, and they go shopping, and they go to the gym, and they have child care responsibilities. And then they eat at 8 o'clock, and then they go lie on the sofa, and they watch the news, and they get up, and they have some ice cream, and they all reflux all night while they sleep. And then they get up in the morning, and the voice is raspy, and they're clearing their throat, and they have all these symptoms.
0: Oh, no, I, uh, my, my daughter was just razzing me about the fact that I seem to graze all day.
2: Um, Grazing all day is good. Grazing well, too late is not good. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it gets it gets to be too late. Yeah. But let, let's talk about the diet part of this because it, that's the one of the big components of the book. Is you're talking about how diet can can help to overcome these things. Do Do you think that you need to get a diagnosis first, or can you just skip all that and move to the correct diet part of things that will that will well, help? First to, of
2: all. First of all, this this book is the fourth of four books that I've written for the general public in a reflux series. And and so if you look in any of the books, for the children, there are two quizzes that parents can take, and they'll give a likelihood whether the diagnosis is reflux. There's also a quiz in, in the Acid Reflux in Children book that tells whether the diet is a bad reflux diet. But... If you ask me um, what I think are the most important, you know, sort of do's and don'ts when it comes to reflux, uh, the first is going to come to you as a surprise. Uh, no soft drinks or really minimizing soft drinks. So using soft drinks as a treat. Um, that includes uh, fruit juices. Um, get them out of the house. Um, the first book's called Dropping Acid. If someone wants to find me, if you just Google Dropping Acid, You'll find me. <laughs> and even though it was written a decade ago, it's the number one reflux book in the country. And what what happened was this: was we started measuring the acidity of foods and beverages, and everything in a bottle was profoundly acidic. And we couldn't figure it out. We couldn't figure it out. And finally, as I was writing the manuscript, I came across uh, 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 something that happened in 1973. In 1973, following an outbreak of food poisoning, the Food and Drug Administration mandated that everything in a bottle or a can crossing state lines have some acidity in it, presumably to kill bacteria. The FDA never imagined, however, that all of these soft drinks, particularly carbonated drinks, would go too far. So you should know that everything in a bottle or can except for still water includes salsa everything has the acidity of stomach acid and so for that reason um the more you drink the worse the reflux is and so you get up in the morning and you have juice and you go to the gym and you have an energy drink and then you have you know uh, uh another one for lunch and then you get during the afternoon you want something with some caffeine and you have another one and so uh so basically um in my family, we drink water. Um, when I have guests over, I put ice in all the glasses and a pitcher of water on the table. I have coffee in the morning. I drink some iced tea. um not not bottled. I make it myself. And I drink water. And uh, that's what we recommend. And there's one other thing about water. There's also something called alkaline water. And alkaline water is the opposite of acid. And we knew about this because patients said, you know, when I started drinking this particular water, which is an alkaline water, my reflux went away. Hmm. You can't overdose on alkaline water. And so anything that has a pH greater than 8, so if it says 8 or 8.8 or 9 or 9.5, those waters are actually good for you. They're good for your reflux. They're good for your bones. They're good for your prostate. And there's even evidence uh, in animal models that it prevents or slows uh, tumor growth rates.
0: Where do you get this water?
2: Well, nowadays most – I've just put up a blog. If you go to the Voice Institute of New York, I've listed a blog of all the alkaline waters. You could print that page and take it to your store and see if they have it. But, uh, you know, the more specialized grocery stores have whole aisles of it whereas your average grocery store may have um, a one or two. But uh, you, you need to identify it. But the thing that makes it easy is if it's in alkaline water, uh, the manufacturer will identify it as such and put the pH, which is the acid scale, on the bottle.
0: Yeah, because I was thinking about that. I'm just thinking of the the ingredient panels on all the drinks that you mentioned, the juices and the soft drink. I don't remember seeing anything in there about – Al- no. uh, about acidity or pH well, or what? anything,
2: yeah. I I I I railed with the with the uh, FDA asking them to please put the pH on the, the labels of everything in a bottle or a can. And the letter I got from the FDA after p- supplying them with a tremendous amount of information was the weight of evidence is there's no scientific weight of evidence that acid is bad for people, and so they refused. Hmm. Of
0: that must have been frustrating. Because
2: the manufacturers would be very upset to see that it was pH 2.9 on their thing because people would pretty pretty soon figure out it's not so healthy.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, is it something that's being added or is it yes. something that's a natural byproduct of no, the canning? No,
2: added. And, and often they lie. For example, I had a woman who was a star in Motown. And her reflux was terrible, and we got a reflux under control. And she came in one day all proud that she was drinking um, a coconut uh, a milk. And I looked at the label, and it said all natural, all organic. And it said coconut milk and vitamin C. I said, well, let's, 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 let's check the pH. And the pH was 3.3. Vitamin C is ascorbic acid. And so ascorbic acid, citric acid, and phosphoric acid are added. and if you look at the ingredients, you'll see almost everything has been acidified, and uh hmm. all all sometimes they disguise the acids like by just saying vitamin C, yeah, but it's the most common one used
0: all right, so it sounds like eating uh, drinking water is going to be one of the best things you can do, getting rid of all the drinks and and the soft drinks and things, but is we we only have got a couple minutes left or a minute and a half left uh Talk about the just general diet ideas that that people should start incorporating into into their life,
2: well, first of all, the food industry knows that um, genetically we like fat and sugar and salt, and so oh, that's yeah. what's in our food. so we have problems with everyone's a sugar addict, particularly your children, and it's the sugar that draws them in um like a Trojan horse, but it's the fat that makes them obese. The fat helps make them reflux. Fat actually will, relaxes the lower valve. Um, so look at look, people need to learn how to read labels. But anyway, if I were to sort of give the top things to recommend, um, no bedtime snacks. It's the highest risk thing you can do. Uh, minimize fast food. Minimize processed food. You've got to read some labels, lean, clean, green, and alkaline. <laughs> if it has uh, 15 unpronounceables on the label, it is not healthy. Um, and processed meats, by the way, which you send your kids to lunch to, to school with for their lunch. Um, the World Health Organization has classified processed meats as a class one carcinogen in the same category as cigarette smoking and uh, plutonium.
0: Jamie Kaufman the co-author of Acid Reflux in Children, How Healthy Eating Can Fix Your Child's Asthma, Allergies, Obesity, Nasal Congestion, Cough, and Croup. Jamie, thanks very much for joining us.
1: It's been my pleasure. My name is Ruth Russi. I'm a retired teacher. I'm 91 years old, and this is how I live united. I say retired, but not really. Once a week, I read books to children as part of United Way's education program. Reading to a child creates links between language and literacy. It creates a bond between grown-up and child. And believe it or not, it prepares them for a better academic future. Oh, we read about frogs and flies and pigs with wings, all sorts of juicy stuff. It's a joy to watch all those little faces. I figure I have the time and they have the need. And I've always believed that if we're not here to help each other, then what are we here for, really? My name is Ruth Rusey. I help kids prepare to succeed in school. So I don't just wear the shirt, I live it.
0: Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Positive Parenting. I'm Armin Brant, and it's time for an Ask Mr. Dad segment. Dear Mr. Dad... You've talked about how futile it is to discipline an infant. That makes sense, but what about toddlers? At one time or another, all parents struggle with discipline, establishing limits and forcing limits and getting their kids to speak to them respectfully and do what they're supposed to do. But discipline isn't only about correction. It's about teaching kids to control themselves and care about others so that they can grow up to be productive members of society. I put together a list of nearly two dozen approaches that will enable you to help your kids do just that. Here's the first batch. We'll have the next batch next week. Be firm. Set reasonable limits, explain them, and enforce them. Be consistent. Your child will learn to adapt to inconsistencies between you and your partner. If you allow jumping on the bed but she doesn't, for example, the child will do it when he's with you and won't when he's with your partner. However, if you allow jumping one day and prohibit it the next, you'll only confuse your child and undermine your attempts to get him to listen when you ask him to do something. Compromise. Kids can't always tell the difference between big and little issues, so give in on a few small things once in a while, like an extra piece of birthday cake at the end of a long day might avoid a tantrum. That will give the child a feeling of control and will make it easier for her to go along with the program on the bigger issues, like holding hands when you're crossing the street, for example. Be assertive and specific. Stop throwing your food now is much better than cut that out. Give choices. If you're giving your child a bath and he won't stop pouring water onto the floor outside the tub, you might say something like, Would you like to stop pouring water on the floor, or would you like to get out of the bathtub and go to bed? If he ignores you, gently but firmly take him out of the tub, silently dry him off, ignoring the tears, and put him to bed. Cut down on the warnings. If your child knows the rules, at this age all you have to do is ask, impose the promised consequences immediately. If you make a habit of giving six preliminary warnings and three last warnings before doing anything, your child will learn to start responding only after the eighth or ninth time you ask. Link consequences directly to the problem behavior, and don't forget to explain, clearly and simply, what you're doing and why. I'm taking away your hammer because you hit me with it, or I asked you not to take that egg out of the fridge and you didn't listen to me. Now you'll have to help me clean it up. No banking. If you're imposing punishments or consequences, do it immediately. You can't punish a child at the end of the day for something or a bunch of somethings that she did earlier. She's not capable of associating the undesirable action and its consequence. Keep it short. Once the punishment is over, and whatever it is shouldn't last any more than a minute per year of age, get back to your life. There's no need to review, summarize, or make sure your child got the point. Stay calm. Screaming, ranting, or raving can easily cross the line into verbal abuse that can do long-term damage to your child's self-esteem. Tune in next week when we continue this list of discipline ideas that really work. If you've got a comment or a question for us here at Positive Parenting, please send us a line through our website, MrDad.com.